0: The emergence of COVID-19 has slammed the brakes on our world. Cities are empty as citizens are forced to quarantine, planes are grounded as travel restrictions are enforced, and millions are unemployed as economies are falling into recession. Many are left yearning for a return to normalcy, yet the only way we can return to normal is by the emergence of a COVID-19 vaccine. The world must wait anxiously as the pharmaceutical industry races to develop this cure. The pharmaceutical industry is responsible for the discovery, development, and production of medications. In 2019, the global industry was worth $1.25 trillion, the size of the entire Mexican economy. It has the highest research and development investment of any technology industry, accounting for one-fifth of total R&D expenditure worldwide. Though it makes up only 7% of the world population, North America accounts for nearly the same total pharmaceutical sales as the rest of the world combined. To reach the market, a drug must pass many regulatory hurdles enforced by the Food and Drug Administration. On average, only one of every 10,000 substances synthesized in laboratories make it through all development stages, including human trials, and the few substances that do make it to market take up to 12 and 13 years. Because successfully developing a drug is so improbable, the entire process is prohibitively expensive for all but the largest companies. If a company doesn't have enough money to withstand several failed versions of a drug, it's not going to last very long in this industry. Now what do these costs look like? To be approved by the FDA, a drug must pass three phases of clinical trials, and it can cost up to $8.4 billion just to advance the drug past phase one. Beyond R&D, producing vaccines requires long production times, ranging from several months to three years. Facilities can cost between $50 to $700 million, and the process development costs are highly variable. In fact, just the chemistry, manufacturing, and controls development for a vaccine exceeds $50 million and requires more than 80 years in human resources. As a result, companies need to pool their resources together, explaining why the United States has seen the pharmaceutical industry consolidate from 25 companies to just five over the last 30 years. And even with their pooled resources and large checkbooks, these companies still need external funding to bear these development costs. They seek taxpayer dollars and venture capital investments for half of their funding. Only 46% of this comes from sales. Vaccine prices are based on the maximum cost a customer is willing to pay, following the economic theory of price discrimination. Richer customers are charged higher prices because they can theoretically pay more, while less wealthy customers are charged less for the exact same drug. To support children and Medicare-eligible people, the United States government purchases half of all batches of any given vaccine, providing a price floor for pharmaceutical companies. In fact, the United States recently announced that it would purchase 100 million doses from Pfizer and BioNTech SC for $2 billion, as well as 300 million doses from AstraZeneca for $1.2 billion. However, prices often don't accurately reflect people's ability to pay as private health insurers continue to cut insurance reimbursements, forcing public health clinics to raise their prices. And this is just in the United States. Worldwide, economies have been heavily impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. The International Labor Organization forecasts 195 million people will lose their jobs, and some forecasts predict a 32% decrease in world merchandise trade. According to the International Monetary Fund, This dip in economic activity will force per capita GDP to fall in 170 countries, with global GDP falling a whopping 3% by the end of 2020. Hundreds of millions unemployed and sustained economic damage will only increase inequality and in between countries. Increased inequality will lead to heightened levels of populism and nationalistic fervor, and globalization will come into question as governments around the world continue to support xenophobic narratives. The lack of international cooperation in response to the pandemic only makes the COVID-19 situation worse. Tensions between the United States and China continue to rise as the world's two largest superpowers point fingers at one another instead of cooperating. The United States has repeatedly alleged that the virus originated in a Wuhan laboratory, with Donald Trump even dubbing it the quote-unquote Wuhan virus. Beijing adamantly denies this. And Chinese officials have recently cast a doubt on whether or not the virus originated in China altogether. These allegations occur as both China and the United States increase their military presence in the South China Sea. In April, the United States even introduced the Indo-Pacific Deterrent Initiative Bill, a $6 billion initiative dedicated to increasing military readiness in the Indo-Pacific region. Meanwhile. Weaker countries in Asia and Africa will continuously lean heavier on China for economic assistance as the virus weighs in these regions. Indonesia, Cambodia, and Laos, for instance, have actively courted Chinese investment for the Chinese Belt and Road Initiative projects. The newly elected Malaysian government has turned to China for medical supplies and additional economic investment as well. Outside of the Asia Pacific region, recent reports allege that the Russian hacker group Cozy Bear has attempted to hack into pharmaceutical companies' software systems in order to steal COVID-19 vaccine information. This is the same group blamed for hacking into Democratic Party emails in the 2016 US presidential election. An organizations such as the NSA and National Cybersecurity Center link the group to Russian intelligence. The Kremlin denies all accusations. Instead of working together, countries are attacking one another in order to get ahead. Due to the scale of the pandemic, the nature of the pharmaceutical industry, and the lack of international cooperation, there are likely three means of vaccine distributions. The first, free market principles allow corporations to sell the vaccine for profit. The demand for a COVID-19 vaccine will be unlike any other good in recent history. The vast majority of people will seek this vaccine and corporations are poised to exploit this demand to maximize profitability. Vaccine supply will be scarce initially, either through manufacturing limitations or intentional supply restriction, which will drive up the price even higher. This will lead to a shortage of vaccines, and only allow the wealthiest countries to access it. Countries like the United States and China will be able to afford the vaccines, while developing countries will be left at the mercy of long delays and millions will succumb to the virus. Once successive rounds of the vaccine become available, those remaining may still not be able to afford the vaccine at the prices charged to wealthier countries. A corporation that chooses to maximize profit will have the blood of millions on their hands, as many will not be able to afford the vaccine for themselves. This will permanently damage their reputation, a consequence most corporations may be unwilling to bear. There will have to be another way to get vaccines to the masses. The second option market cost and philanthropy. Corporations can get ahead of the PR train by making pledges to provide free or at-cost vaccines. Johnson & Johnson has already said that they would make the first billion doses available at market cost, which is $10 a dose. It's shrewd operating as one, we don't know who specifically will get these doses, and two, leaves an unaddressed market of 6.7 billion people to recuperate their costs. Assuming good faith, Selling vaccines at market cost will help bridge the economic gap and allow lower-income countries to get their hands on the vaccine too. As mentioned earlier, companies like Pfizer, BioNTech SC, and AstraZeneca have already agreed to sell hundreds of millions of doses to the United States government at an average price of $8 a dose. However, it will be nearly impossible for a single vaccine manufacturer to produce an entire world's worth of vaccines. The minimum batch size is 100,000 vaccines, And even with producing 100 batches for example, the 10 million vaccines produced comes nowhere close to the expected demand of 7.7 billion vaccines. As a result, multiple manufacturers will have to sell their own vaccines, leading to different strains of the vaccine with varying levels of efficacy. The less effective vaccines may be priced lower, accessible to those only at the lower end of the economic spectrum. This leads to our third option, a humanitarian approach we've previously seen international agencies fund medical aid for countries in need, including subsidizing Ebola vaccines in the most recent 2015 crisis. The World Health Organization, backed by other countries, or even the World Bank, can buy vaccines from corporations at market cost and distribute them to countries in need. GAVI, or the Global Alliance for Vaccines and Immunization, is a public-private partnership that aims to increase access to immunization in poor countries by the use of social impact bonds, or SIBs. The mechanism is simple. Governments make fiscal pledges to secure loans from financial lenders now. SIBs are also used to fund social initiatives without a fixed rate of return, and are instead contingent on the social outcomes listed in the terms of the contract. For example, if certain vaccines would not be profitable to research and develop, corporations may choose not to develop them under normal free market conditions but SIBs allow vaccines to be researched which may not have great financial prospects, but are necessary for the health and safety of poorer areas. Gavi has secured 10 countries to pay out $6.5 billion over the next 23 years, resulting in private investors providing $6.1 billion in funding immediately. Gavi has been successful in paying for polio eradication campaigns, vaccine stockpiles, and health system engineering through this model. For a universal problem like COVID, There's no doubt that there will be many private investors willing to fund SIBs which are backed by governments across the globe in order to help those who are in need during the pandemic. To circumvent capitalistic greed and nationalistic competition that would leave those who can't pay behind, this humanitarian approach lends a hand to those who need help in these dire times. The varying complexities caused by COVID-19 make a difficult task in finding a vaccine even more difficult. Humanity must overcome fiscal, economic, and political challenges in order to defeat this pandemic. The cost of developing this critical vaccine leaves the burden on the shoulders of only a few large companies. Once developed, they will have the power to decide how the vaccine will be distributed ethically, if they choose to do so. Meanwhile, countries are choosing to engage in economic and cyber warfare instead of cooperating for a cure. In an unprecedented time, humanity is facing unprecedented obstacles, This is not only a race against COVID-19, but a test of our collective willingness to think about the long term and our morality.